0: hey it's brian and this is a bonus episode of rock and roll bedtime stories and hey i am murdoch we're super glad here we're gonna be reading some listener mail <laughs> <laughs> Just letterman used to do uh i like it i always see that on the podcast i would always watch him throw that into the they would do that sound effect when he would like throw into it glass. into the fake skyline behind oh, him yeah gosh it was everything yeah
1: it's everything. yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, lots of letters. We appreciate you guys writing the show. It's WeAreTheStoryGuys story guys at gmail.com, and uh, we have got uh, quite a few notes here. Oh, here's here's a fun one. Um, Elvin from from Pennsylvania, he writes to say, "I was informed recently that it was Nuno Bettencourt from Extreme who played guitar for Rihanna during the halftime show." No, I didn't know that i I didn't, I didn't spot him, and then so I waited when he, we got this letter, I had to go look and yeah he so he started playing with Rihanna on tour. I want to say it was like maybe ten years ago or something on and off, and he's played with tons of other people. he is the guy from yeah. extreme is killing it uh and yeah. got to play the Super Bowl
1: yeah, if you hit youtube and you you ever get down those those wormholes where all of a sudden you see like Corey Taylor. Mm -hmm. like Carrie King from Slayer or some people in Los Angeles who like are just just running in like they're on stage and they're just doing cover songs or whatever you know Betancourt's one of those guys yeah and he hangs out totally unrelated uh, Joe Perry from Aerosmith is going out doing a Joe Perry whatever his solo project is and Gary Sharon singing
0: no Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gary Cherone, man. What a guy. What a guy who's gotten to just, like, you have to have the right ego for this, right? Like, to basically just yeah. step into these giant-ass shoes and not care when people are like, boo, you suck. <laughs> because you know what? the other musicians <laughs> on stage respect you and that's enough. Yeah, and he, um,
1: he sounded great jumping into the Van Halen Dude, role. I, really
0: I like three- I do. I know and, we're they, not supposed to. They
1: they didn't sell tickets.
0: And Yeah, nobody want to go see that. Uh yeah. I mean it's hard when you have I mean he and it you know I spent a lot of time reading up on Van Halen uh, a couple years ago and so I feel like I I know a lot about that band. And the thing that I remember hearing over and over is that like basically Gary Sharon was the anti of both Hagar and Lee Roth in terms of like personality and hang. You know what I mean? Like Gary Sharon was just like cool dude, just tell me what to do. Where these other guys were sort of jockeying for position and they had their own rivalry and all this stuff, and Gary Sharon's just a, a good fucking hang, I think. And I think that's why Joe Perry's like,
1: Come on, dude. Let's do this. Yeah. I saw a thing with Hagar the other day, who I still love Hagar. He's so interesting. And he uh he said that him and him and Roth like were never friends. Like never really had pleasantries or anything they worked together just did they did stuff or whatever and and roth pointed out that like H- hagar's songs are about love why can't this be love love walks in and then roth's songs are like ain't, to- ain't talking about love like he writes the opposite songs that <laughs> that's hagar true gave. man <laughs> but hagar said that he was the leader of the band and that he made to sit, he would be like, "Hey, let's go out on a tour this fall, or hey, let's do, let's do this, or whatever." And then they got, they got different, a different manager, and at some point they're like, "Hey, man, this isn't Sammy's band." Yeah, and and that's how Hagar said that he got kicked out. You've seen Sammy live, right, or no? I saw Sammy and Dave live together. Oh, where, that's where right. We talked about Sammy that. headline, and I've seen I saw Van Hagar on the the for unlawful carnal knowledge tour.
0: Right on. And then you went to the reunion.
1: Yes. I saw them with Dave too. So I've seen
0: that. I've seen all of it. (laughs) Right on. Uh, Okay. Next letter. Uh, Hey guys, discover the podcast around COVID lockdown time and have become a huge fan. Awesome, dude. That was a tough time. And honestly, this podcast, I think got the two of us through that tough time. So I'm glad, I'm glad it worked for other people too. Uh, the show is a great concept. Both of you are excellent at making the story super interesting. Thank you. That's very nice. Uh, I'm a lifelong musician. Who's a little older than you guys. I'm pushing 70 rock on dude. Uh, And I've been aware of most of the topics you cover since rock has been my world. Although I almost never know all the details you bring up. So thanks for the excellent research. Every once in a great while, I run across something on my own and I say, quote, how the hell did I not know about this years ago? End quote. I love that. Uh, that happened to me two nights ago while I was watching obscure music docu- documentaries on my canopy app from my public library. Rock on, dude. You're just dropping all the good stuff in this story. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, anyway, see if you can dip your toes in the pool and uh, not watch it all the way to the end. Early on, you may think, oh, this is just about a guy doing X, but hang in there. It involves it evolves like an endlessly blooming onion. And has every element of a great rock and roll bedtime story, in my opinion. It is okay. called Orion the Man Who Would Be King. I've
1: seen Orion the Man Who Would Be King and holy shit, Brian. You haven't.
0: You've seen uh, it? Yeah, okay. So, I
1: totally have. And so, I'm gonna watch it after we podcast. <laughs>
0: so I, I, so I feel like you shouldn't tell me anything about it. No. Okay. Okay. I will I will watch it and uh and then we'll we'll reconvene at a future bonus episode and talk about it. Yeah, it's eighty-seven percent on the tomato meter. So okay, just keep going. Okay, okay, awesome. So this brings me to a, a a great thing, which is we are starting to get recommendations from listeners and people. You guys who are listening to the show, you are getting interactive on the email, and you're sending us not just ideas for the show, but hey, have you heard this band? Hey, have you seen this music doc? Whatever. I got another letter here from a guy who <laughs> wants to remind me that I listened to a lot of co-wetzel last year and he says hey if you like that you should check out this guy named Hardy did you check this out yeah I did so I've listened to the record he's got a record where half of it is country and then the second half is sort of like modern rock from the early 2000s right so it's not like Hank
1: Hank the third like metal
0: no it reminds me honestly of like puddle of mud and I don't actually mean that disparagingly because come clean was a great fucking record but uh, I mean, it has that sort of kind of redneck rock energy to it. it, it it's interesting because here's, here's my review. Hardy is an incredible songwriter, right? And that's how he started. He started as a songwriter in Nashville. He's written a lot of hits. And then he's doing stuff on his own. And so if you have a good songwriter, you can drop them into any genre. And some of the stuff he's doing, especially on the metal side, is very on the nose I'm just reading about him and it's fascinating. He's written 12 number one singles since 2018. Yeah, he's a big deal. Yeah. He's a big deal. And you're seeing this more and more throughout music where there's guys who are in the background for a long time songwriting or producing and then they start to sort of build their own fan base online. One of my favorite <laughs> artists from the last decade is a guy named John Bellion who's done this in pop music. Um, Mike Posner did it before he did. Uh, there, you know, There's a lot of people like that who have either either had a little bit of a career and then become a producer or been a producer and then had another career. Jack Antonoff who was like Taylor Swift's right hand has done that. He's been in rock bands and stuff for a long time. So it's, it's interesting interesting when these guys who really know the craft get to sit down and put their spin on it. So I, I would say the Hardy record is very enjoyable and it was a, it was a nice recommendation. I appreciate uh, that being sent. If you have a recommendation again, the email, we keep saying it, it's wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. Alright, I got a few more letters. You good for a couple more? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course so.
1: i right. love to hear from our, our, our listeners. This is awesome.
0: Hey guys, really enjoying your podcast. I just got turned on to it a few weeks ago. So we got guys who have been here since COVID and we got guys who are new. Uh, thanks for coming. I, I've probably listened to about 20 episodes so far. So that being said, have you ever looked into Keith Richards and his dad's ashes? <laughs> the answer is yeah. yes. Yes. That's we, correct. we have Appreciate done that way back on episode 19. So if you are up in the, the newer part of the uh, library, you have not heard it yet, but yeah, that, that's a very funny story. And I, you know, I gotta say we're, we're not done with Keith Richards. We've, clearly not done enough Stones episodes. I mean, we've got a couple maybe where they're like, but I don't think we've done a full-on Stones episode. It, it, no. It's a little overwhelming because there's so much to cover there. Keith Richards' book alone is going to take me uh, quite a while to get all the way through. Have you read Life?
1: Yeah, and the, I, I will say, I mean, I don't want, man, I'm just going to say it. The first chapter is like a million dollars.
0: The Arkansas thing.
1: Right. Yeah. The, the rest are not a million dollars. Like he, he really loads it pretty he front, he front. So
0: I've it. read the first chapter or two. So yeah. I've, I've read the good parts is what you're saying.
1: Yeah. It, uh, not as cool as the entire plot of cocaine bear, but no, there is some <laughs> cocaine involved in chapter one of Keith Richards book life. That is correct.
0: All right. Here's, here's another, uh, message from Steven. Steven says, I've read that U2's the Joshua tree was originally supposed to be a double album. I've only read in one source as to why. Uh, I read that Island Records had no money, so U2 loaned them the money, uh, and then they got to distribute the album and save the label. Uh, and then in return, the label gave U2 back all the rights to their catalog. This is another thing we've talked about on the show. This, I think, is episode 121, maybe? Okay. Yeah. Um, but this yeah, Chris This is Blackwell? This is true. This is a Chris Blackwell story, yeah. So he got in some trouble money-wise uh, and made a deal with U2. And that's how u two owns our catalog
1: can we just go ahead and talk about this new u two car wreck that we're all living through slowly?
0: uh talk to me about it
1: that they're redoing their hits and oh. <clears throat> and i don't I don't know why i'm I'm expecting like to hear something marvelous to come out of it and like it just i feel like i'm listening to a bunch of really old dudes like playing their songs really slow like nothing is happening like i'm not being i'm not being pulled into the things that pulled me into u2 in the first place so i don't know what they're they're trying to do it's different when someone has to re-record their fucking songs for spotify because publishing because the
0: publishing i was going to say we just established that's not the case here so that is strange
1: so i don't so i don't even understand and they're going to do a whole they're going to do their vegas thing they're finally you know they're old enough they're the vegas thing and then larry mullen jr is not going to be playing drums oh um what yeah he's just he wants it i think it's he needs time off He's or done, health sure. or something or whatever. Yeah, But yeah, I, so if you haven't heard that, like, I, I listened to a couple of his tracks and I'm, I don't know, man, I'm just flabbergasted. Uh, I want to be punched in the gut. I want to feel something or whatever, and it just it just seems so freaking
0: boring. Like, I don't know. Yeah, re-recording your own songs is is a strange move, unless, of course, you're doing it for financial reasons, which is what I always assume. Uh, here, Here's a question that we got that I feel like you might know off the top of your head. I did not research this. Andrew writes and says, I heard once that Robert Plant referred to David Coverdale as David Cover Version. Do you know if that's true?
1: (laughs) I know that he, I know that he didn't, he said some not nice things about Coverdale, but I don't know if he called him David Cover Version.
0: (laughs) It's so good, man.
1: (laughs) I know that, I know that, I know that Jimmy Page wanted to hang out with, with, with Percy and he didn't want to do it. And so then page did this whole thing with Coverdale. Right. It's weird anyway. Right. The black clothes, the brat, the black, cr- Look, I can't talk either. It's the whiskey. The <laughs> black crows thing was weird enough anyway. Like the black crows and right. page just doing Led Zeppelin songs, except for remedy. Yeah. Um, or whatever. That was just strange as hell. But yeah. I
0: know that Robert plant did not like it. I don't know what he called it. Oh, my God. That's hilarious, dude. All right. If you want to get involved in the show, it's WeAreTheStoryGuys at gmail.com. Uh, we love hearing from you and getting a chance to uh, write back, respond on the show. And remember, if you want to go even deeper uh, with us, you can do that when you jump into our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. Uh, and you've got two levels there, 5 and 10 bucks a month to get you some extra bonus content. So uh, check that out. And until next time, oh, what should people keep doing? Mark? Keep telling
1: stories and writing us letters.